you will, open your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 5. It'll be verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountains, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they were persecuted, the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for today. We thank you for the scripture. We thank you for the Beatitudes. We thank you for the guidance. Be with us this morning. Let us hear what you would have us to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we continue this week with our beatitude, number, number uh, verse 6. And it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So in just the short time that I've been here in Decatur, Texas, people understand that I'm a good eater. I like to eat. Uh, it's, it's a passion of mine, actually. Um, when I was appointed to Tom Bean, my first senior appointment, they had one place to eat. It was a little pizza place. And it was good, but you can only go to the pizza place so many times. And then we moved to Nocona, and there were lots of places to eat. And there were good places to eat. And so that was, that was a wonderful adjustment. But, but here, oh my goodness, we're in Decatur now. And there's so many places that I can eat. And, and, and I'd like to eat at all of them. Every day. And then if I get tired of what's here, I can run down to Denton and there's, it, it num the number increases exponentially. So, and, and the people y'all cook, the, the food that y'all cook is so good. Anyway, I really, I really like being here, uh, just so y'all know. <laughs> during, the, during the summers when the kids were young, we would take road trips. We liked to go on road trips. And we took off uh, toward New York one year. Uh, went up, went up through Pennsylvania, up to uh, Niagara, through Buffalo, Niagara. Saw the falls, came back New York. Uh, went over to Boston and uh, Salem, then came back around to Washington, uh, Philadelphia. Went down to, uh, I mean Philadelphia, then Washington D.C. I'm terrible with geography. Uh, then back across and came in through Memphis, where they have Uncle Lou's fried chicken. If you've never been to Memphis and had Uncle Lou's. Pretty amazing chicken, then back over. Then one summer, that was, that was like 4,800 miles, did that in a week. Um, then we, the, next, the next vacation we took, we went up through, um, went up and saw Crazy Horse and Mount Rushmore, and then across um, to, um, not Vegas, what's that other gambling place up there? 
Yeah, not, not, a, not, a, not excited about that place. Food was not that good there. Anyway, went on out to California, down Highway 1, and then back across. That was 5,200 miles and, uh, a week. And we don't get to stay very long in any one place. But, but on all those trips, we focus on Food Network the whole trip. I mean, we follow Guy Fietti and any of those people we can all over the place looking for the best places. And I post it on Facebook because I think y'all need to know my, my, my audience needs to know who it is and where it is I'm eating. And so I like that. I don't just put yucky stuff on Facebook. I like to put the good stuff. But... Do I, do I go to all these places and do I eat all this food because I'm really hungry? I mean, think about it for a minute. Do any of us in this room really know what hunger is or thirst? You see, in, in Jesus' time, it was different. A working man's wage at that time was equivalent to about three pence a day. So to give you an example of what that means, three pence a day, ten pence is about 14 cents. So they made three cents a day. So the reality was a man or a person working in that time was just broke. They were, they were so poor. They were so close to starvation. Drinkable water was hard to get at that time. And so the hunger that this beatitude describes is not a hunger that's going to be satisfied with some peanut butter crackers. And the thirst that is spoken of in this is not going to be fixed by a glass of sweet tea. This is desperate hunger and desperate thirst. So we talk about righteousness or goodness. How much do you want goodness in your life? How much do you want it? How much do you... Um, <coughs> Do you want it as much as a starving man wants food or a thirsty, dying man wants water? Do you want goodness that bad? How great is our desire for it? Most people have a desire for goodness, but we're often not willing to make the sacrifice that we need to to achieve that goodness. It would make a difference if we desired it more than anything else, right? If we desired it above all things. When we approach this beatitude from that perspective, it begins to get a little scary. But it also says that a person who is blessed is not necessarily the one who achieves the goodness, but instead the one that longs for it with their whole heart. You get that? I may not actually receive the goodness. I may not be blessed with the goodness, but I'm blessed because I pursued it with my whole heart. If blessedness came only to those who achieved what they were after, nobody would be blessed. We don't, always, we don't always achieve our goals, do we? We don't always achieve the things that we strive for. Let's take King David, for example. You remember King David decided that he was going to build a temple for God. The, the, the Ark of the Covenant had been intense in all of existence, and David decided, God has been so good to me, and I live in this fine house. I'm going to build a temple for God, right? And then his, 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 uh, his buddy said, do it if that's what you think you need to do. But then at night, remember, the buddy got the, the vision, and it was God saying, tell him don't build this temple for me. I didn't ask for it. I never asked for the temple. And so he goes to, he goes to King David the next morning and said, God said, don't build the temple. He did not ask you to do that. Right? But God did say to him, 
you did well that it was in your heart. Your heart was in the right place. You wanted to. You pursued to do this goodness. So you're going to be blessed. In God's mercy, we aren't judged only by our achievements, right? If we hunger and thirst for something and we do our very best, God is going to bless us. If our heart's in the right place and we are trying to do all the good that we can do, we are going to be blessed. When the Greek says, I hunger for bread, it meant I hunger for some of the bread, right? Not the whole bread, not all the bread. I don't want it all for myself. And when the Greek said, I thirst for water, it means some of the water. I need, I need some water to survive. I don't need all of the water. But in this beatitude, the Greek meaning is that the hunger and thirst is for the whole thing. I hunger and thirst for righteousness. That means I want it all. I want all the righteousness that I can get. I want all the goodness of God that I can get. I don't want just part of it. I don't want just a sliver. I don't want just a taste. I want all the righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the whole of righteousness. But the problem is people in our time, we seem to be okay with just part of the righteousness. Yeah, just give me a little bit of it. You know, we have, we have all kinds of faults, right? We maybe... And I'm not pointing at anybody or even saying me. Maybe we drink, maybe we cuss a little bit, maybe we gamble, we lose our temper. But if somebody's in trouble, we're going to help them. We'll give them our last dollar. We'll give them the shirt off our back. That doesn't keep us from cussing and gambling and drinking and hooting and hollering, does it? But the beatitude says that it's not enough to be satisfied with the partial. We got to be all in. We got to go all in with this. We got to give our hearts and our souls and our minds and our attitudes and our actions and our words, all of it, so that we can get the whole of righteousness. Blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts for the whole righteousness. How many of you? are hungry how many of you are in such desperate need for more of god that you're willing to interrupt the natural pattern of things the ordinary routines that have been established in your life are you that hungry are you willing to sincerely cry out to god for what you need and to hold fast until that need is met can you hold out for the need or will you Forget about it as soon as the devil offers something fun or comfortable or, or satisfying. In your body, hunger is, a, is an, a sign that your body needs more. It needs nourishment, right? That you're lacking something um, nutritionally. It, it starts with kind of this uneasiness, right? And then maybe it becomes a pain in your stomach, Right? And then if you ignore it, ignore it too long, it becomes this burning feeling. I don't know about y'all, but I get shaky when I get really hungry. Uh, I start shaking. God established this feeling of hunger so that we would recognize it and not deprive our bodies of what they need. If we didn't have that hunger pain, that thing that tells us that our body needs nourishment, we'd just die, wouldn't we? Our stuff would start shutting down. People would be killing over just... What happened? Well, he was hungry. Spiritual hunger is similar to that. It begins with this uneasiness and maybe this pain in our heart. 
But then it becomes this burning need. We might even get shaky. And we might finally realize, I need just a little more God. I need a little more spiritual nourishment. You know, with physical hunger, we can overfill. How many, uh, we become um, gluttons. That's the word, gluttons. I'm not looking for a show of hands. But I suffer from that on occasion. But unlike physical hunger, when we fill ourselves with spiritual goodness, when we fill ourselves with the righteousness of God, we can never overfill. There is no capacity. We can fill and fill and fill with God's righteousness and never be overdone. Psalm 63 says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because you lo your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. You see, we can, we can go to church for our hour a week or we can pray for a couple minutes a day. We can read a little scripture and, and we can somewhat fill that void. But we can never completely fill it at that level but you can set aside time for god daily asking god to reveal god's word to you as you read and as you study and as you reflect and as you talk with your neighbor you just can't overfill with god you can never get too much it's like taking communion you know, we sometimes we'll have communion in the early service and in the late service. And people who make both services say, is it okay if I take twice? Sure. You never get too much God. You can never get too much God. We're told that God won't give us more than we can handle. And I think that's false. I think God will give us way more than we can handle. Because God wants us to turn our sights on God. God wants us to look to Jesus for the answers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, the efforts that we make by coming to church and carrying the message out to our neighbors is never in vain. Because as we continue to share the word and people continue to get it, and it starts making sense, and we realize, hey, this, this helps. This is good. The more God will add to our numbers. And then the message of Jesus just spreads like wildfire. And that's what we want. We want a good wildfire for Jesus, don't we? God will fill you up over and over and over to accomplish God's will.
We believe that God is going to come and bring change to this world. We believe that God has great things in store for us. Not just me and not just the people outside of the church, but the people right here. God has good things in store for us. God calls and enables and heals and forgives and gives us life and makes us righteous. But we have to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. We have to live in obedience, spending time daily in Scripture and in prayer, committing to be in church every week. That's important. It is important to be in church every week. Putting others ahead of ourselves and serving those around us. We are to love God and to love our neighbor. That's revival, friends. That's the definition of revival. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.